Money FM 89.3. Best of your money. Read with Michelle Martin on Your Money, only on Money FM 89.3. He's written about football, fatherhood, and now he's taking on the children's genre. Neil Humphreys is a brand new book out, Nightmare at the Museum. It's the second, I believe, in a series, Princess Incognito, A Nightmare at the Museum. It's been released. Read it with your kids this weekend. Neil Humphreys joining me live. How are you, Neil? I am fantastic, Michelle. I feel like I'm in quarantine. Like the rest of Singapore. But other than that, we are all good. How are you doing? I'm great. I'm working from my, you know, fridge-like studio, really cold. Are you sequestered somewhere in a heartland? I'm sequestered in beautiful, balmy Sengkang. Wouldn't want to be anywhere else right now. Gorgeous, gorgeous. Now listen, you've written for TV, you've written for newspaper, you started as a journalist. Now you seem to have found your niche with children's writing. What kind of writing do you want to put out there for kids? What kind of children's writing excites you? Oh, that's a great question, Michelle. First thing I would say, it has to be entertaining. Mm. Ideally, it should be funny. I'm a sucker, as you know, from my very early books, whether they're social commentary, humor books about Singapore or my crime thrillers. I like to undercut my humor with a little bit of poignancy, Mm -hmm. a little bit of reality. So that's what my Princess Incognito books are. They are very, very funny and have gone down very well with the public. But I like to undercut it with a little bit of social realism. So I talk about things like bullying, being a fish out of water, which all kids can experience and empathize with, you know, going to a new school, a new neighborhood, a new part of town. You know, these are everyday issues that all students have to deal with. So I like to undercut the humor with real social issues. Love that. So the kids sort of can see their lives reflected in the pages of your book to some extent, yeah? Absolutely, absolutely. I mean, when I was a kid, I used to gravitate towards books that I could relate to. You know, when I was what were you about reading? 11 or, well, when I was about 11 or 12, I read The Secret Diary of Adrian Mull, aged 13 and three quarters, which was a hilarious book <laughs> about it. a kid going through puberty. And then, of course, I subsequently found out it was written by a middle-aged woman, right. <laughs> which disturbed me initially. But then I realized, you know, this idea that you could take on a persona and try to empathize with that protagonist. I mean, I'm writing essentially about an 11-year-old girl, so I'm doing the same thing. I mean, I have my daughter, who is very much my muse for things like language, dialogue, how she speaks, her terms of phrase, what she's into, that kind of thing. So it has to be very accurate, and it has to be very authentic. But when I was a kid, I read a character, I read a book, and I empathized with that character. I understood that character, and that's what I hope, you know, young readers get from my books. So what's Princess Sabrina up to in your latest book? It's set in the museum. Oh, it's brilliant. It's brilliant. And then it is, if I say so myself, (laughs) because it's based on real events. You know, I volunteered, as many parents have. Mm -hmm. I've volunteered for many school trips with my daughter over the years. And we've gone to all the museums in in Singapore at some point. You name it, we've been there and got into trouble there. And so... I love this idea that, as you know, my character is essentially an undercover, well, not undercover, more of a secret princess, hence the title Princess Incognito, Mm. who's been sent away from her unnamed country because of an ongoing civil war for her own safety. So she's sent into a regular, quite rough neighborhood school in the equivalent of the heartlands. You know, she's she's sent to a working class school like the one I went to. But she's this 
child of privilege and she's got very specific skills because she was trained in Taekwondo and Aikido mm. when she was back at the palace. So she has these Black Widow type skills as an 11 year old, but she can't say who she really is. Mm. So she goes to the local museum on a school trip with the rest of the class. And lo and behold, when they get there, she finds out there's a brand new exhibition on royalty and young princesses around the world. And she herself is featured in the exhibition. Oh, no! So it becomes a race again. I mean, it's the most frenetic book I've ever written, Michelle, because it's literally a 150-page race against time around this museum. Every single chapter is a cliffhanger. She has to keep the students and all the teachers away from the exhibition that features her because her life literally depends on it. <laughs> Sounds like fun. Great, great fun. And is the princess at home, your daughter that you mentioned earlier, is she your first reader? Does she read your drafts? Oh, yeah. And she is the world's best and worst critic <laughs> ever. Because, and that's what you want. You know, this is my 22nd book. I've been doing it a long time now. Mm. And, you know, I send things to my publisher and even if they don't like it, I'm not sure they'd tell me, honestly, because, you know, they just they want to publish books and so on. But my daughter, I will read, I do it every single day. I did it last night with the third book, which I'm just writing now. And she will tell me, that's boring. I mean, Ooh. she'll just say, that's boring. That's not funny. I don't <laughs> oh get gosh. that. You know, no child my age would be seen dead saying something like that. So it's very blunt and it's very in your face, but that's what you want, right? There's no real point sugarcoating it because if my own 11-year-old daughter doesn't get it, doesn't relate to it, doesn't believe in it, I've got no chance with 11-year-olds in Singapore or anywhere else in the world, have I? So. She is the world's best the world and worst critic. She's wonderful. That's terrific. I always think writing for children, you know, they're a tough crowd, really tough crowd to get laughing. The yeah. So tell me why this series of books and how long is the series expected to expand to? Well, it's funny when people say to me, you know, it's a very good question. You've gone from nonfiction to fiction. You've gone from adult crime thrillers to middle grade readers. I mean, this book is targeted to around 8 to 11 year olds mm. how is it different how is it difficult for me the same rules apply Michelle very simple everything I write fiction non-fiction has to be steeped in reality mm. and this book actually this series actually came from my daughter and I tell this to students uh, across the country when I do assemblies and talks stories are everywhere and I prove it with the origin of this story this story came to me Michelle mm. in a five minute walk at Little India MRT Station. Love it. I was with my daughter. This is absolutely true. She was about nine then. And we were walking from one train to another. You know, it's an interchange. We were walking from one train to another. And I started to talk to her, Michelle. And she went, don't talk to me. <laughs> what? <laughs> don't talk to me. Why? I am a secret princess. And no one at Little India MRT is allowed to know who I really am. Wow. And I said, what are you? She went, no, no, no. And she just did this whole thing while I wasn't allowed to talk to her. And then I said, if you're the princess, I must be the king. And she went, nope, you're too ugly to be a king. So you, you could be the bodyguard instead. So I had to pretend, Michelle, we, we had this whole role play between one train to another where I was her secret bodyguard. She was this uh, exiled princess. We worked out the enemy, the villain in the book would be a school bully and so on and so on. We even came up with the names. 
So I tell all students this, between getting off the train at Little India and walking to our second train to get the, you know, the Purple Line, in a five-minute walk, I had three of the main characters, I had a basic plot, I had a protagonist and an antagonist, and I had um, a reason to empathise with the character. And that was all within a five-minute walk. So for me, all my stories have to be steeped in the reality. Yes, she's an exiled princess, mm. but every issue she has, being a fish out of water, bullying, absentee parents, often being left alone, these are issues that girls, boys, any age, in any school, should be able to empathise with. I hope she's getting a cut of your takings, Neil. Yeah, don't say that, Michelle. Don't say that. <laughs> I hope she's listening. She'll probably listen. This is not the first time this has happened. I, I've got a previous series, as you know, called Abby Rose and the Magic Suitcase. Mm-hmm. And she is Abby Rose. She is literally the character. I literally stole the idea when she was five years old. And she hasn't had a penny of that either. <laughs> That's got to change. Now, listen, speaking of pennies, I know you're so passionate. I loved it when you talked about, you know, saving our heritage spots in Singapore when you wrote about a playground in Mm -hmm. Topayo. But I know you're also very passionate about local bookstores. What do you think? Do you think they need more support from us? More than ever. Hmm. More than ever. Because I've been very fortunate. As you know, Singaporeans have been fantastic to me for almost 20 years now, buying my books. And I've really tested them over the years, Michelle, because, you know, I'll have my successful Singapore books and then I'll do a complete right turn and write crime thrillers and then I'll do another right turn and I'll write children's books. And they're they're so loyal and they stay with me. And now people who read my books at the beginning, now their children are reading my books and it's just wonderful. And without that support, I wouldn't be talking to you. You wouldn't have this segment on the radio. And right now, we need it more than ever because... Just two weeks ago, I had to cancel the book launch for this particular book because of, you know, the ongoing situation with COVID-19. And we understand that. Mm. That's fine. Mm -hmm. But this is the key point here. I'll be okay. I'm very fortunate. You can buy my books online. You can, I do school talks and school fairs. There's lots of ways you can get my books. But here's the thing, Michelle. Mm. Right now, as we talk, bookshops are opening across Singapore. They employ lots of Singaporeans. They employ people that have been so good and so loyal to me, to you, to every other author in Singapore. They need us more than ever. Those bookstores need our patronage. If you buy my book, that's great. But if you buy any book, even better. So just remember that it's tough times at the moment and we all have to behave and do sensible things Mm -hmm. and, you know, not do anything irrational. But those bookstores are still open. And they still need our business. So get in there, buy a book, do some reading, and preferably make sure it's one of mine. (laughs) Listen, I'm hoping to end with a note, some advice from you for would-be writers out there. Now, you know, starting is often difficult for writers. And you said the ideas are everywhere. But how do you decide that this is an idea worth working on? Well... It's a very Darwinist approach. It's a survival of the fittest attitude to the ideas. So what I mean by that is my iPhone now, in the old days, it used to be a notepad. Mm -hmm. So I always say to young emerging writers, you have no excuse. You have the tool in your pocket to take down notes immediately in your phone, whatever it may be, a notepad. So if you see something on the MRT, the bus, the hawker center, whatever it may be that you think is quirky, different, offbeat, unusual, write it down immediately. That's the first thing. And sometimes you have these wonderful ideas that when you get back later, you know, have a cup of tea, take a deep breath, you realize it's not such a great idea, but that's okay. But the point is you keep accumulating these ideas. 
And then you start taking this Darwinist approach where you think, well, that thing I saw at the Hawker Center, that's not great. Or that idea I had when I was falling asleep, that's not really great either. But the one I had with my mad daughter at Little India MRT, now that's a good one. That's a good one. And you start to flesh it out. But you can't flesh it out, Michelle, if you haven't literally written down every idea you had along the way. And people say, oh, not every idea I have and not every observation I make is going to, you know, manifest itself in a future book. No, it won't. But if you write them down often enough, if you record them often enough, eventually you will get to that little piece of gold. And that's what we're doing. We're mining. Mm. All the time we're mining, like we're panning for gold and you're shaking out the dirt and the grit and the gravel with every idea you have. And then eventually, if you keep going, you keep panning away, you will get that little piece, that little gold nugget that then you can then polish and work on. But you can't do it unless you're recording your ideas all the time, every single time you have one. And then you just filter them until you get to the best one. Just terrific. Great talking to you as always. You sold 300,000 books. We hope you sell millions more. Neil Humphreys there. His new book is Princess Incognito, A Nightmare at the Museum. To listen to more great interviews, download our podcasts at moneyfm893.sg or download the SBH Radio app available on Google Play or the App Store.